Tuesday. Big weekend of, uh, of NFL now in the books. The Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football getting a win. Everybody's got a loss in the NFC North now. And uh, even though the, uh, the Packers are behind the Vikings because of the tiebreaker situation, but uh, the Minnesota Vikings, one and one, Packers, Lions, Bears, Bears, sitting in the basement right now. But uh, the Green Bay Packers, they got a win. They got a solid win. The defense in between the sandwich that was bad defensive stands, that being even though they did get the goal line stand, uh, the first drive and the last drive of the Chicago Bears, they went down the field rather rather easily. Two different scenarios, though. One was just basically playing a semi-prevent. The other one was really going all in. In the meantime, everything sandwiched in between. The defense played pretty well. The offense said, oh, by the way, if you do hand the ball and put the, put the ball in the hands of uh, Aaron Jones quite often, he is a playmaker, which we know. They just have to consistently do it. Uh, but joining us now as to, to the future of this ball club going into the game against Tampa Bay, Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers podcast. Pete, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm glad that um, we uh, we get to we get to kick off another NFC Central rivalry week this week. Remember the old NFC Central, right? The old the old black and blue division, as they said from years gone by, and then it was the Battle of the Bays and. All that kind of stuff, and it, it, you know, yes, I, I get it. Um, but let me ask you this: What did you learn last night? Well, I learned that that Matt Lafleur offensively is willing to be as adaptive as he needs to be offensively to make this all work. I mean, when you look at what the run game was able to do, um, you know, there was there was a point in that game where Aaron Jones had an eight yard run, and it reduced his yard per carry average. I mean, that was that was how much they were taking it at this Chicago Bears front that played pretty well, particularly in the second half against the 49ers, who have one of the most creative and effective run games in the National Football League. So I think offensively, you like to see that defensively. I would say, frankly, it's a lot of the same. Um, some of the run defense issues that have, have plagued this team, really going back to Mike Patton, um, are, are still there with guys not finishing. This was, in this case, last night, I think it was more about guys just not making tackles when they had um, the chances. We had Devondre Campbell uh, miss a couple tackles which where he was the flow linebacker, guys going under blocks and, and just not flowing properly to the ball, not flowing with discipline. And then, you know, guys like Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage not making open field tackles when in this defense, you, you really need that in order to be effective. I don't think it's guys, you know, just getting destroyed up front. I think a lot of it has to do with what they're doing behind that. But, but the coverage part of it, when they don't bust coverages, this, this is a really, really good group of cover corners. I don't think, you know, shutting down Justin Fields and, and a, a pretty, pretty average to below, well, no, pretty below average group of, of Bears receivers is all that impressive. But they they looked worse last year against some of their more inferior opponents because they didn't seem to take it, I don't know, seriously or whatever. They they came out and, and I thought played really well on the back end in this game. So the offense, um, I, the one thing that I noticed last night was that, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Vikings lost and they have weapons. They just got defended differently and Kirk Cousins became Kirk Cousins under pressure. But when you look at the teams, I, I, you know, I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm sitting at home, Watching these two teams go at it last night, I'm going, oh, my God, what I wouldn't give for that. You know, it goes back to when, you know, almost Ron Wolf said that he didn't get, you know, Brett Favre enough weapons. 
They've had weapons. This is the first year that Rodgers has looked over the offensive members and said, you know, uh, we don't have the same level of talent as what some other teams have. But I got to think if I'm Aaron Rodgers, man, I'm sitting in my home going, what the hell? Because can you only imagine what the Packers would be if they had two, not just one, but two wideouts, not say Devonta Adams type, but if you had a couple of wideouts like they have in Buffalo or what they have down there in Philadelphia and the ability to be able to kind of spread the ball all over the field, do it almost at will, and mix in the run with a guy like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I, then this team is the legitimate Super Bowl contender that everybody thought they were. But I, I just don't think they have the same level of capacity when it comes to the offense and the firepower. No, they don't. Um, and, and they don't have the, the skill talent, the pure skill talent, the same way that those teams do. But I think if you go back and look at some of the playoff exits for the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era, they've lost to some teams that, that had inferior skill talent. I mean, that, that 49ers team that ran them off the field in San Francisco in 2019, that was, that was rookie proto-Debo. It was, you know, late-stage Emmanuel Sanders. Now, yeah, George Kittle's a really good player, but that was it. And they're going up against Devontae Adams and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard and, and a really nice group of players like and a really good offensive line with Aaron Rodgers. You should be more successful than they have been. And I think when, when you take it in that context, now the Packers' defense has not shown it can be as good as that 49ers' defense was. But this 49ers team last year defensively was not special until the end of the year. And then all of a sudden they got healthy and they were locking teams down and they did it with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if, if the 49ers can get to the NFC championship game twice with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the Packers defensively have the talent to play at a, at a really high level and they have the run game. We've seen it now for two weeks. This, this Vikings front is, is pretty good. And even against a really good Eagles offensive line that is healthier than green Bay's, they were really good. And, and so I think the, the run game part of this for the Packers is real. If they're able to manufacture some touches for some of these other guys, for Sammy Watkins, for Romeo Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs had that crucial second and 28 screen for 20 to make it third and manageable. They convert that and, and end up getting points off that drive. Those are the things that they think our team can be more efficient with our six or eight possessions a game than you can be with your six or eight possessions a game. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a safe bet to make. Could they have made some upgrades? Yeah, sure. But, but also remember, Bill, when Aaron Rodgers agreed to this new three-year deal, he did so with the understanding that Devontae Adams was very, very unhappy with the team, understood that he wanted out and that this was going to be a revamped group of skill players. This was something they talked about um, on Sunday uh, during the game, that, that Aaron Rodgers, look, he, he was excited for this challenge. Um, now, now maybe he, he bit off more than he could chew, and maybe he's, he's regretting some of that right now. But he knew what he was walking into. Tom Brady recruited Cole Beasley, recruited Julio Jones. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to recruit. Okay, if he feels like he needs more guys, then he should go recruit some. I, uh, I I look at this game coming up, and I think it's going to be won defensively, not offensively. Uh, if you don't have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's down, Julio Jones, who looked good in game one, down. Donovan Smith uh, over at the left tackle position down right now. You're going to get uh, Josh Wells probably over at the left tackle. But Brashard Perryman, Scott Miller, uh, Russell Gage, 
you know, uh, the tight end, Cameron Braid, who I think is pretty solid, but and you still have a good run game with Leonard Fournette. You're going to win it in the trenches. You got to make uh, you got to make Brady uncomfortable. He's a little more prone than Rodgers to throwing a pick, although he doesn't throw. Uh, you know, he, his touchdown to interception ratio is very similar to what Rodgers is. He doesn't turn it over. But when you talk about the defense now of Tampa Bay, that's a whole different story. And Akeem Hicks, who seemed like every time he faced the the, the Packers as a bear, he was hurt. At least he's healthy right now with Golston and Vita Vey up front. I, boy, I tell you what, they're going to need Bakhtiari back, but if he comes back, how good will he play after what we saw at Elton Jenkins this past week? And he's been out almost two years. This is a hell of a game to come back and start testing David Bakhtiari if indeed he does this week. So I, I think this game's one in the trenches myself, right? Uh, it has to be. And and we saw this with Mike Patton in the 2020 NFC Championship game. The first half, they tried to play a lot of shell coverage and say – all right, it's it's man time. We are gonna we're gonna rush for and and try and and cover everything on the back end. And Tom Brady picked them apart, including and especially on that last that last drive in the first half, which was really the backbreaker. You know, we 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 know all about the miscommunications and and the issues with with oh he he wanted uh, man coverage but didn't want single high safety necessarily. And Mike Patton misheard the call. And Kevin King does whatever Kevin King does. But then in the second half, they started to tune Tom Brady up. And all of a sudden, he starts to turn the ball over. And now mm-hmm. the Packers have not blitz, not, not a true blitz all season. Two games have not blitzed one time. Now, they brought five-man pressures because they're playing this penny look with three defensive linemen and two outside linebackers. But they have not brought actual extra rushers yet, more than you can block. I think this has to be the game where you start to do that. And then to your point uh, on the other side of the ball, the Packers in the trenches have to be able to win. This has to be real with, with what they can do on the ground game. And right now the, the Tampa Bay defense is not the same. It's not the same against the run that it has, it has been in 2020 teams just didn't even bother running at them because they were just too good this year. It's not the same. And, and if you turn it over, yeah, the Packers run defense is theoretically vulnerable to, strong run games and we saw Leonard Fournette you know put up some nice yardage totals against the Cowboys in week one they're 32nd in estimated points average per rush this season the worst value run game in the league this year the the Buccaneers are but yeah the Packers have had their issues but because of those issues at the offensive line because their receivers have been hurt teams are saying all right Tom Brady we, we don't think you can push the ball down the field it's loaded box time we're coming after you and we don't think you can beat us and so far this is not the Tampa Bay offense we thought we were going to see. Mm-hmm. The Packers offensively, I know that Rodgers said, you know, hey, it was better than last week, but and then it's always led by a but. You, know, you can always get better, don't get me wrong. Who on this offense, take the take the backs out of it, who on the offense becomes the focus, do you think? Is it Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb? Because Randall Cobb, to me, is really the focus when the play breaks down. He's got that relationship with Rodgers. But right. who is – we saw a lot of motion out of Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson, and they were almost deca- uh, decoys to drag defenses back and forth so Rodgers could set up what it is he saw and know where the mismatch was. But do you see either one of them emerging, or is Alan Lazard your guy? Well, I think in the short term, um, the answer is Sammy Watkins. And I don't think that's the long-term case because the more – the more I, you know, we're two weeks in – but 
they have schemed up a ton of stuff for Dobbs and Watson. And, and when you look at total target shares, Romeo Dobbs is the leader on this team in targets through two weeks, which I think would be surprising to most fans just by the eye test. Christian Watson is tied for second. Christian Watson has as many targets through two games as, as Sammy Watkins, but they're all schemed up. They're all a little pop pass. They, he ran a speed out in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. And then, of course, the bomb touchdown. But if you look at where they're scheming up opportunities down the field, it's Sammy Watkins. They ha- he had the two strike calls early in this game, the play action in breaker behind for big plays. And then it was Sammy Watkins who gets the call on that, that deep over route with the clear out from, from Christian Watson on a play they call Portland. So that, that is, those are things that you don't have to win as a route runner. You're just, you're just running to space. This is schemed up. That could be Romeo Dobbs. That could be Christian Watson. They just don't trust those guys right now to make those plays. I think longer term, and for this team to be what you need it to be, those guys have to start getting some of those opportunities. Um, but but this week, yeah, the answer is Sammy Watkins. They're, they're trying to get him these opportunities in space because they trust him to run good routes, to make the, the, the plays that is there, even if all he's going to make is the play that is there. Like that, that throw from Rodgers um, was not great on the, on the deep ball, but if that's Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs, they might score just because they have mm-hmm. that kind of speed. Sammy can't run like that anymore. The uh, the tight end position with Robert Tanyan, uh, I think it gets better. I, I know some people say you've got to get Tanyan more involved. I think what they did was they eased him back. Uh, because now with the – and I think part of what Matt LaFleur was talking about in getting Elton Jenkins back is we can start to open things up a little bit. Okay, one is we all know that the tackle situation in week one was not good and Aaron Rodgers was under siege. But when you get Elton Jenkins back and then David Bakhtiari back and then those guys don't have to have help, I think you see the tight end become more involved. Do you? Yeah, and, and when you when you look at it, um, they actually got Josiah DeGuara involved uh, more as well in this game. He got and some more snaps. Like in, week, in, in week one, it felt like he was the odd man out. Tyler Davis was out there a bunch, but but then right away. He's out there in split gun, and he did some nice things as a blocker. They used him as, as I think this was the, the first game since Minnesota week one, 2020, where we got the full, this is what they want Josiah DeGuar to be. This is who they envisioned when they drafted him. Play a little fullback, play a little tight end, split out, block a little, do some, do some interesting things, be a decoy, and then every once in a while, you know, leak this guy out and, and get him in open space because we've seen, I mean, remember week 18 last year, he had that 65-yard tight end screen for a touchdown. He's mm-hmm. got juice yeah. in the passing game in a way that Tyler Davis, Mercedes Lewis, and maybe even Big Bob Tunyon don't. So he's a guy that I think in this game especially, and this was really interesting, Bill, they, they right away, DeGuar out there, they run this play-action play to Sammy Watkins, and they do it from, from heavy personnel, from, from 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field. And the Bears basically said, okay, if they're going to be able to throw it from two tight, these two tight end sets, we got to play nickel. Well, if teams are going to play nickel, then here comes this downhill run game. Here comes A.J. Dillon as the fullback lead blocking on the edge. Here comes all these pin and pull schemes, all these fun things that they did in the run game. And now you're putting cornerbacks and safeties in a position to have to tackle. That's really, really tough against Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones right now leading the league in, in, in missed tackles forced. So – uh, that's that's part of the formula here. So we go from the guy that is starting to be used in Josiah DeGuara to, and by the way, DeGuara had 22% of the snaps, 15, not five, 15 snaps. I, I misspoke there. Uh, but the guy that's not getting any, and that's uh, Amari Rogers. He is basically a returner, and he's adequate, I guess, at best. Uh, what do you do with Amari Rogers at this point? 
<laughs> Adequate at best. Yeah. Uh, that is that is damning with faint praise, isn't it? I mean, and, and, that, and that is more generous than Aaron Rodgers was when he said, yeah, he's returning kicks for us. Um, it, it is, I wouldn't say shocking, but it is, it is damning that he can't get on the field for an offense that needs, that needs some playmaking. And I don't know if it's that they don't trust him to hold on to the ball, if they don't trust him to run the right routes, if they don't trust him to catch the ball. But, but notice the tonal difference when Aaron Rodgers talks about Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson versus when he talks about Amari Rodgers. It is night and day. And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a work ethic thing. Like, Amari Rodgers' dad is in the NFL. He, he's, he grew up around Randall Cobb. Like, it would, it would be genuinely shocking to me if this guy didn't study, if this guy didn't, didn't put in the work um, in, in the film rooms, if he was, you know, lost, falling asleep in meeting rooms. Like, that would be shocking. This guy right. should, should get the deal. So what is keeping him from, from taking that step? I would, I would love to know that answer and right now we don't have that answer um but i think part of that is just they, they want to get randall cobb involved aaron Rodgers trust him um and we'll see when when the inevitable randall cobb injury comes and i'm not i'm not rooting for it it's just probably going to happen based on his history we'll see if that allows amari Rodgers to get onto the field last year it didn't uh one more before i let you go who you got one in this one you know if if Everyone for the Packers is looking like they're they're coming through this week all right. Alan Jenkins seems like he's coming through. Um, Alan Lazard seems like he came out okay. It's it's just really hard for me to to see Tampa being able to score in this game. Like if, if you're throwing to Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman, if you're the Packers, you have to win this game. You have to win this game. If Mike Evans can't go, if he's because he's suspended, and Chris right. Godwin can't go because he's hurt, and you're getting the shell of Julio Jones, whatever's left in in those legs at this point. And that's the team, and you can't score more te- more points than that team, man. I think that that would be pretty damning uh, of of this offense right now, in in the same much the same way it would have been if the Packers didn't do exactly what they did on Sunday. I think they answer the bell. I think it's an ugly game. I think it's a low scoring game, and the Packers win some sort of like seventeen thirteen slog. I mean, the Bucks offensively, I think they have I think they have two touchdowns all season so far. Like it, it's just not been a good group. You have to be able to outscore that team right now in the playoffs when everyone's healthy yeah it could be a different story but right now you gotta you gotta beat this team no doubt good stuff man we'll talk to you soon okay pete all right thanks bill see you pal peter bukowski of the uh, locked on uh, packers podcast peter underscore bukowski you find his stuff there and uh also he works with the leap as well so you can find his stuff on the leap also but uh, good stuff for breaking it down coming up at the bottom of the hour We'll put after what we witnessed last night, I had to do a little scratching, okay? Uh, not my crotch or anything. I'm talking about scratching off of the uh, the power rankings because I had to make some adjustments. I had my power rankings coming into today, and I had to make some moves because it did, didn't work out the way I thought it might. But uh, we'll give you the power rankings coming up here about 10 minutes away. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Got a lot more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Male Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin. 98% success rate. 98. They can all but uh, say, you're cured, walking through the door. 
walking through the door. you got to give them a call. Give our friends at New Mail Medical a call, 414-455-4451. As a matter of fact, I'm stopping over there today just to go say hi to the guys. I do it maybe, I don't know, once every couple months. And I just see how they're doing, how things are going, uh, if there's anything they need to change in their messaging. But usually it's like, nope, it's great. Everything's good. But uh, but uh, great people, Doc Tim, Jose, and everybody over there. A couple of locations in Wisconsin. One phone number for all their locations, really. I mean, if you're listening to us outside of the area, maybe on the app, uh, you can find them, 414-455-4451. They can locate and uh, direct you to the New Mail Medical Center or New Femme if you're a lady. To the nearest one, uh, the the nearest one to you, but uh, and then there's the all in one weight loss program. I am down a total of three, almost th- almost four, like three point seven pounds, in the last few weeks. I feel good. I feel a little better. You kind of notice it, you know, but yeah, you, you really, you know, you don't notice a ton until it's like ten pounds, and you're like, okay, then may- then you try on your pants, and you're like, you know what, still snug, got a ways to go. You try on your shirt, still tight, got a ways to go. But uh, it's working, and I needed it because uh, after the back issues and I couldn't move and everything, it just, things weren't good. And you start to feel bad, but then I gave them a call and I said, hey, guys, i got to get back on the wagon. Help me out here. And they did. So it's good stuff. New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the power rankings. And it is... I don't do it in week one because week one is overreaction week. I always start it in week two. And into the season, I write them down. You know, I write down what I think they'll be. But as the first couple of weeks get underway, you really start to find out what they really are. It becomes more real. And so that's the reason I wait a little bit. So uh, today at 1230-ish, we will uh, we'll, we'll drop it on you and see if yours, if you keep them. If yours jives with mine, uh, because there's some things. I mean, like you know, you take a league team like the Broncos. Broncos are one and one. They get a win over the Texans. Texans are not a good football team by any stretch of the imagination. But the Broncos, they have not looked good. I mean, for as much love as Nathaniel Hackett got throughout training camp, there is now some criticism on Nathaniel Hackett and the dysfunction of the play calling. And there is this eyebrow raising that maybe Russell Wilson, maybe he, you know, not as good as maybe they thought he was going to be. Then there's the Cowboys. Nobody knows knows what to make of the Cowboys with Cooper Rush under under center now. They pinched off a uh, win against the Cincinnati Bengals, speaking of pinching off, who they're awful. Their offense is terrible. And you feel bad for them, for their defense, because their defense is not bad, but their offense is terrible. And I should know because I have Joe Burrow in my fantasy league, and it's it's terrible. It it's it, they just have no answer on the offensive line, and they should be embarrassed. Then the Forty ers I'm a little surprised that people want to just kind of throw them by the wayside, because Trey Lance goes down with an injury. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been to an NFC Championship game and has taken them deeper. And then you look at it and say, well, wait a minute. They were a good team coming into the season. The only game they lost was to the Bears, and the Bears aren't a good football team. But they lost in a monsoon, kind of a freak setting. They just got out-physicaled in a monsoon. So uh, I think the 49ers have a little bit more cred going into this thing. 
uh, than uh, than you would want to give them. And then everybody thought the Raiders were going to be the team to beat in the West. They picked up Devontae. They made some more moves to bolster that team. Derek Carr got his guy. We're going to relive the college days. And ah, nah, baby, nah. Only two receptions for Devontae this past weekend. And the Raiders ended up getting beat, and they are off to an 0-2 start. So there's a lot of stuff to look at, and obviously the Colts get shut out. They've, they're 0-1-1. They've tied and lost and been shut out in doing so. Off to a horrible start, a horrible start in Indianapolis. And the Chargers are 1-1, but they've looked pretty good. They've looked pretty good. That game they at Arrowhead, man, Phew, boy, they, uh, they took uh, the Chiefs' best punch. And they look pretty decent. So there's a lot of things to discuss when it comes to the power rankings. So hang in there. We're going to get into that when we come back. Get some NFL power rankings. Uh, We still have a ways to go. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Dwayne up in Wausau. Dwayne's cover it all. Wisconsin's best canvas. If you got a uh, canvas awning out in front of your business, man, there's nobody that does it better. Uh, how about, uh, you know, boat cover provider, upholstery for boats, chairs, workout equipment at the gym, whatever it may be. How about office furniture? There you go. Follow him on Facebook. Go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. And get a good look at what he does, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com, or just call him at 715-870-2119. Great stuff from our buddy Dwayne. Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Okay, uh, the uh, the power rankings. As we get into week two, we've, we've culminated. We've gotten a look at some of these teams. Uh, ben, do you keep yours? Do you keep your power rankings? Not in the NFL. Not really. Okay. Okay. So here we go. You tell me if you agree or disagree. I'll go through the top 10. Bills, number one, without a doubt. Kansas City, number two. Philadelphia, your Eagles, sitting there at number three. I think uh, that might be, do you think it's high? I think it's a little high, honestly. It was an impressive performance, but they have shown against good quarterbacks, the defense still struggles. Okay. so Well, Jalen Hurts has certainly looked apart. That's true. He's played well. Uh, and Darius Slay obviously uh, shut down Justin Jefferson, and that uh, defense gave Kirk Cousins nightmares. So they don't have, like, an obvious weakness. And you got to figure, the, what do they got? Uh, is it Washington and Jacksonville up next? Yeah. Then I think. Arizona and Dallas. So very, yeah. very winnable. It's a, it's a very favorable schedule to keep them right where they're at. So I got Philly. Then I got Tampa Bay. Then I got Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, the reason Tampa Bay I, I, I have sitting there at number four is because they beat a team that Tom Brady has not beaten, regardless as whether or not the, the ghost of Jameis Winston reemerged. But they beat a team they have not beaten since Tom Brady took over the helm of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they did lose Mike Evans, but I still think right now the way they sit 2-0, 
I think they're sitting at number four. The Chargers, I I think, uh, sitting at number five. I like the Chargers. They've played well. Uh, even though they lost to Kansas City, I think that they've and they lost, you know, uh, by a very slim margin. Obviously, when they they lost that game twenty seven twenty four on Thursday night football. Um, Thursday night, it's tough to be the road team and go and win. They almost did it. They almost did it. Just defensively, weren't strong enough in the fourth quarter to fend off Patrick Mahomes and company. But I would probably say, <laughs> excuse me, the Chargers coming in at number five, number six, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers, as we all know, still owns the Bears. And uh, Matt LaFleur, coming off of a loss, is 10-0. 10-0. I still think they're a long way away. But uh, as of right now, for where I had them at the beginning of the season, I got them sitting at number six. Number seven, I think, and and I, <coughs> excuse me, I know they're not as highly ranked in some other rankings. But now that things have settled down, they've got a good team. Kittle will be back. Uh, back to form. I think they've got all the weapons. And Garoppolo's now at the helm, and it's not Trey Lance anymore. I've got San Francisco sitting at number seven. That's the reason I've got San Francisco so high. Miami uh, at number eight. And uh, the fact that Tua looks so good, threw for six touchdowns, Tariq Hill's a real deal, and their defense is pretty solid. The fact that they won and beat the Ravens in Baltimore and outdueled what Lamar Jackson did and also, I mean, we tend to forget about Jalen Waddle. I, I just think they're a, a good team that's on the ascension. It's it, Can Tua keep this up? If he can, by all means, they're going to be a real team to deal with. The Rams, they're the defending champions. They've, they've looked kind of ugly, uh, and they're without, you know, obviously Von Miller moves on to Buffalo. OBJ is not there. They're trying to figure things out. Uh, the elbow of Matthew Stafford seems to be okay, although some people still question his throwing ability downfield, his strength of arm. But I got the Rams sitting at number nine. And the Ravens, who I had sitting at number four, boy, that contest they had against Miami, that dropped them down to number 10. So I got the Ravens sitting at number 10 right now. So Bills, Kansas City, Philly, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Packers, 49ers, Dolphins, then the Rams, and then the Ravens. After that, New Orleans falls off. I got them sitting at number 11. Uh, number 12, down from number 10, is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, then since Cincinnati, I had like a number five to start the season, and they just continue to descend. They're just they're, they're not good. Tennessee, who I had higher ranked, they're down to 14. Uh, Arizona, 15. Detroit, 16. The Raiders, who I had much higher, down to 17. New England getting a win in Pittsburgh. Nice win. They're sitting at number 18, number 19, the Denver Broncos. And then the New York Giants coming in at number 20, followed by Dallas, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Uh, and it goes on from there for teams that really, you know, aren't aren't really at this point worth, worth mentioning. Indianapolis has fallen off tremendously, too, because of the way they've lost and then tied the first week of the season. So that's, the, that's my top 10 and on down from there. Any disagreements? Not really. Um, I think it is also, you know, not the easiest to judge so far based on teams, uh, other teams have played and all that. I do think I love the Ravens and what they can do, but they're crushed by injuries again. Just like last mm -hmm. year, they had almost yeah. every pro bowler out at some point. 
that's happening again. And uh, the defensive lapses at the end of that game were against Miami were crazy. I'm with you, though. I, I still think it's the Bills and the Chiefs at the top. Maybe the Eagles are rising into that realm. Uh, the Packers, no are doubt, have a chance. Are you buying in as a Philadelphia Eagles fan? Are you buying in that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now? No, uh, I've I've learned. You know, who do you think is better? Who I would I would lean with Tampa when they get healthy, when the receivers come back, because I trust Brady more. I still think the Packers are better because I trust Rodgers more than I trust Jalen Hurts, and I think mm-hmm. the defense will round into form. But, I mean, we're having this conversation. You look at the power rankings. I mean, it's all AFC, mostly at the top, right? right. And the NFC, right. it's more a bunch of teams at a similar level jockeying for position. I guess my big takeaway is, I, I, we already knew it, the NFC is wide open. The, yeah, the NFC, if I had to sit here today and say, okay, the true Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC, uh, I think you have to throw Tampa Bay. I think you have to throw the 49ers now that Garoppolo's back under center into the mix. Um, you, I'll, I'll throw, I'll reluctantly right now, but because of the quarterback play, I'll throw the Packers in there. Although I still want to see more out of the offense and the defense has to be more consistent. The fundamental of tackling seems to at times just leave. So defensively speaking, I think they're good. I don't think they're on the verge of great. They're certainly not top five right now, uh, but they did make some really plays and ascend, defensively speaking, uh, over the weekend. But, you know, you you probably go Philly, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, because everybody else. With Jameis Winston, if he continues to play Jameis Winston football, they're going to come in second in that division just by default because everybody else kind of stinks, Carolina and Atlanta. But they'll end up second, but still – uh, but San Francisco, maybe the Rams, but I think the Rams, when you take some heart and soul away, and Aaron Donald's finding this out, you know, when you take Von Miller off of that edge and you don't have him as your counterpart, uh, suddenly you're the guy that's getting the entire load. Yeah, that's not an easy way to go. So I I, I got a sense that, uh, and it's very hard to repeat. So they're not they're not my favorite. 49ers would be my favorite. Now, if Kyler Murray pulls his head out of his rear end and really plays extremely well and continues to play through adversity and gives you a full season in Arizona, I think Arizona could be right there with San Francisco as well. But I agree with you that the NFC is pretty much the The AFC is wide open because they're, they're top-heavy. The Bills, the Dolphins, they're contenders. Certainly the Ravens are contenders. I don't think anybody out of the AFC South is a contender at this point. Then there's the Chiefs, the Chargers. Um, We thought the Raiders at the beginning of the season, but my God, do they look bad. I don't think the Broncos are. Everybody thought the Broncos would be right there. I got to see more offensively out of them because even with Russell Wilson at the helm, they have not looked good. But you've got five or six teams right there that legitimately could win it. I don't think Tua is going to outbattle Josh Allen. I don't think Tua is going to outbattle Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert at this point, or even Lamar Jackson consistently, even though they did get the win, consistently, I say. But I think in any given situation, yeah, I think they could get some wins. So that's I am, it. That's kind of look at the power right I'm going to yeah, completely go write off the Cardinals, uh, even though they won and Kyler had to bail them out. I just never liked Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, and they were on fraud watch entering uh, the game against the Raiders. They go down 17 nothing. I think their defense sucks. I don't know. I'm out on the Cardinals completely. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, you know, the Cardinals, if I'm going to put them in the hierarchy of lists to win the AFC and to win a Super Bowl, they would be really at the bottom, even though you're breathing their name in that sentence. Does that make sense? Yeah, you have to because okay. of the quarterback. But yeah, big deficiencies. All right, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Burn Pit BBQ, veteran-owned, right here in Racine, Wisconsin. And it's really good stuff. Really good. Last night, I did not do the Al Capone roast. I'm actually doing that tonight. But last night, I had some of these. Uh, when I went down to Robert's Specialty Meats, I got these, uh, like, uh, they call them B&Bs, uh, beef and bacon. And they're on skewers. So I grilled those up last night. I was sat down to watch the games. But I had some burn pit laying around here. They got this this tangy honey uh, barbecue sauce, and I threw that on there. Oh my god, it was so good! Burn pit barbecue, whether it's rubs, whether it's sauces, they've got it all. Hot sauces, even they've got it all. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Support support a veteran-owned business right here in the state of Wisconsin, Racine, Wisconsin. Burnpitbbq.com. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers review the tape of their game against the Bears. Up next, they face the Buccaneers Sunday in Tampa. The Bucks held on to win their game over the Saints. But wide receiver Mike Evans has been suspended for fighting with New Orleans' Marshawn Lattimore. Bucks head coach Todd Bowles. Yes, he'll get one game. I found that about 10 minutes ago. He'll have a one-game suspension, like I said. The fighting alone loses a player for the next game. It hurts our team because we lose a very good ball player. You know, we got to move forward and try to find a way to win without him. Green Bay got the running game going in part thanks to the return of Elton Jenkins to the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers after the game Sunday night. The definition of success isn't always measured in stats. And for Elton, I thought tonight was an absolute success. Uh, he's been out for a long time, and he's battled in practice and battled in his rehab, and he went out there and played an NFL football game. That, to me, is a successful night. Jenkins is back at right tackle after suffering a torn ACL last November in Minnesota. I'm proud of myself by coming back. Don't feel like I really played my best game. It felt good being out there, being able to impose our will on those guys. But, um, you know, we got things that we can clean up, you know, throughout the week, rust and all that, and technique and all that to make sure we perform at the level that I can perform at. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on how Jenkins performed. There's certainly some plays I'm sure he'd like to have back, but I thought he did an outstanding job, especially the first time back out there. Elton holds himself to such a high standard that I'm sure he's not going to be happy with it because if there's one play that he could improve upon, then he's not going to be satisfied with that. So that's just the the type of mentality he has and his presence out there alone, I think, provided a huge spark. And I said it last night and I'll say it again. I don't know if we win that football game if Elton Jenkins isn't playing for us. That's Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. This weekend, uh, we are going to be doing a few things. Watch party. We're not heading down to Tampa Bay, myself and Mike Clemens. Watch party this weekend. We are going to be at Smoke on the Water over on Okachi Lake. Two things regarding this. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends. Uh, Joe Hennis, who is the owner of uh, uh, Smoke on the Water, 
They do a motorcycle ride, a fall ride every year. It's this weekend. It's this Sunday. And it's going to leave Sloppy Joe's, which is on Hubertus, in Hubertus, uh, coming up this weekend. And it is uh, going to benefit Fisher House, Wisconsin. So I've been involved with this for years because uh, they do this ride. They put the whole thing together, and they you know, they present some of the proceeds to Fisher House. And we're um, unbelievably appreciative. But we were looking for a place to do the watch party, and it made sense at the end of the ride, they're going to be back in time to uh, watch the Packers game at Smoke on the Water. So that's where we're going to be. Going to be watching the game there, and then the post-game show, the Green and Gold post-game show, that we do right here on this network. And if you don't get it in your local uh, you know, affiliate, then make sure you download the app and take a listen to us or watch us on YouTube or whatever. Uh, or just go to thebillmichaels.com and you can listen to it offline. But uh, well, that's where we're going to be for the post-game show as well. So the ride is leaving uh, Sloppy Joe's. Then they're going to end up back for the watch party at Smoke on the Water, and that's where the postgame show is going to emanate from as well. So got a little bit of a tweet-up, watch party, all that kind of good stuff coming up this weekend, Smoke on the Water out on Okachi Lake. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. And thanks to Joe Hennis for being a part of the program and allowing us to do this and also to uh, donating some of the money to Fisher House, Wisconsin. does a lot of stuff for veterans. So I know he's involved with the Hogs for Heroes. They do some stuff with us. So uh, always really, really appreciate that stuff. So uh, Ron says, are you on in Green Bay? WDUZ. We just went on last week. WDUZ. Yes. On in Green Bay. Terrific affiliate. Love it. Uh, we're on all over the state. Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, Viroqua, Marshfield, Shano, Clintonville, Menominee Falls, or Menominee, I should say, Menominee Marinette, Platteville, Green Bay. You bet. All over the state. We cover with our signals, I think it's over 6 million people total. There's 4.5 million plus in the state of Wisconsin, and uh, we continue to grow. I think we're, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we're, um, I think we're the biggest. I think we're the biggest. I think we've reclaimed everything. Uh, the one area we want to fill back in because Wausau Station went all political for whatever reason, I don't know. But they went all political, so uh, we'll get back into the Wausau market in some way, shape, or form at some point. But there you go. There you go. Um, this one's from Anthony, who says, Hey, unit, love the show. Love the talk about spraying Ben Kenny down with honey. I'm all in. Maybe like a giant honey dunking booth. Ben, we could do that. That would be nasty to get out of, though, man. How much honey could you put in a dunking booth, you know? Because it doesn't make a splash, right? It would just be like, and then you just sink. I don't know. I don't like where all this talk's going. <laughs> like, there are better condiments that probably feel less gross than honey. Yeah. And that is even a dangerous road to go down. But If you were going to be doused in something, okay. what would you prefer? I mean, can we say water, beer, or does it have to be a condiment? Um, well, beer is, is somewhat cliche water. Eh, you know, who cares about water? You want something that people go, Oh, that's what you want. You're looking for the awe effect. I'm not going to do ketchup and mustard. You don't want to be the guy, Mr. Pinto. Uh, by the way, it was not a VW van. It is an old Chevy panel van with a uh, rack on top. Just an FYI that they, they douse this, this crazy man. And ketchup and mustard, and Bill's Mafia does. What about chocolate? 
Hershey's syrup. That way you can lick your way out of it. It's not bad. All right. <laughs> what you like in a giant fondue pot? <laughs> oh, Anthony, thanks for the email. Got another hour yet to go. <laughs> Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.